This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. WVEZ is supported by Chicago Humanities, presenting live events with historians Doris Kearns Goodwin and John Meacham, comedian Reggie Watts and filmmaker Miranda July, and artists Hebrew Brantley and Amanda Williams in conversation, plus MSNBC chief correspondent Ali Velshi on small yet powerful acts of courage throughout history. Tickets for these events and more conversations on arts, culture, and current affairs at chicagohumanities.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Why are there so few librarians in CPS? With 513 schools, the Chicago public school system is the third largest in the country. And yet only about 90 CPS schools have full-time librarians. And students on the south and west sides are way less likely to have access to school librarians and all the services that they provide. With us to discuss his reporting on the issue is Chicago Sun-Times education reporter Nader Issa. So let's start with why there are only 90 librarians out of more than 500 schools. What's going on here? So it's been a pretty big and quick decline over the past decade. Uh, You look back at the way that the school district changed its funding formula, the way that it gives money to schools um, about a decade ago. They they moved to the system called student-based budgeting, where schools get money for the number of students they have. But then if they lose students, they lose funding, too. And that left principals year to year making decisions on which positions to hire, which positions to lay off. And it ended up being the case that librarians were were among the first to be laid off because a principal might say, I can lose a librarian if I've lost funding. I can't lose a fourth grade English teacher. And so Mm. as funding has been cut over the past decade, that's where principals were forced to make these tough decisions. Yeah, teachers are being prioritized over the the librarians. There's also a racial disparity happening here too, right? Yeah, and and there's been a lot of reporting on this, but those funding cuts that we've talked about, um, a lot of times they disproportionately hit black schools over the past decade on the south and west sides sort of tied to enrollment loss and population loss. And so the effect now is that at schools where black students are the largest population across CPS, only 10% of those schools have librarians. While schools where white kids are the biggest group, 25% have a librarian. And even that 25% number isn't something to celebrate about. Advocates want all kids to to have librarians, but even among those shortages, there's still a disparity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's low across the board, it seems. Um, Mayor Lightfoot once promised to address the inequities in, in CBS, CPS libraries and get a librarian in every school. Where are we now, Nader, compared to when she made that promise? She did. That was one of her, that was one of her campaign promises. And the, the Chicago Teachers Union actually in the, the 2019 negotiations, we all remember the teachers, uh, uh, teacher strike back then. That was a demand that, that wasn't met in that contract for a librarian in every school. 
the situation is about the same. Every year, there's a few librarians who are laid off, a few who are hired at, at schools that decide they want a librarian who they haven't had before. But the situation is, is sort of plateaued. Um, I, I, overall, the numbers don't change too much uh, in a significant way from year to year. Is this decline in school librarian positions specific to Chicago? No, there's been a big decline nationally. Uh, researchers found that 20% of districts nationwide have cut their librarians. And the research also shows school districts that have a lot of low-income students, school districts that have a lot of English learners, they're less likely, less likely to have librarians. So this sort of follows a lot of the trends that we see in, in education where um, districts that serve students who need the most often have less resources. Have you talked to CPS officials about this? Yeah, and, and we ask them a lot of these questions. What are they doing to combat this? Are they looking to prioritize librarians moving forward? The response was basically, we're waiting to see. Um, they know that it's an issue. They know that librarians do a lot to help students, but they don't know exactly what the right way to fix this is. There's a shortage of, of students, by students, I mean college students. There's a, a shortage of college students studying to become librarians. And so okay. the ones that are coming out of college are short, uh, are, are high in demand. And when they're looking for jobs, they're probably going to a district where they have stability, they have a budget, they have some job security, none of which is the case right now at CPS. Mm -hmm. And so what, what the district is doing they're for now trying to take some teachers who are already at schools and send them to get a librarian certificate so that they can become a full-time oh. librarian. It, it's, it's really just... A That's how they're filling the gap. Dent. Yeah, and it, it's a small dent. There's, there's only about 20 teachers in that program right now, but it's at least something that the district's doing to try to, um, yeah, fill, fill in the gaps for, for this problem. Right. So at least when students walk into the library, there is someone there to help them. Exactly. And there are yeah. some schools, too, that just don't have a library anymore. I mean, I, I talked to uh, one of the librarians I talked to for the story. Uh, she, her old school where, where she left um, years ago, that library has since been turned into a classroom and there's just no library in the in the school. And so a lot of a lot of schools are like that now. They don't have an actual space. They, if they hired a librarian, the librarian would sort of have to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. And and for those of us who've you know been out of school for a while, some might not fully understand Nader just how much public school librarians do these days. Talk about that. What do they contribute to schools beyond helping kids find books? Yeah, I mean, one finding books and also teaching kids how to identify books that they would like. That's a process in itself. I, one of the librarians I talked to said kids would walk into a library and they just don't know where to start, what to do, how to find books. So that's important because we know that literacy is vital to education. Kids need to be at reading level. They need to be literate. They need to be reading throughout their educational career to have success in other subjects, in life and social skills. But yeah. like you said, aside from reading, there's um, um, news literacy and there's media literacy, understanding how to find and identify misinformation, how to find good sources, 
research for uh, for other class projects. There are computer yeah. skills. Like one librarian said, students at, at her new school didn't know how to copy and paste on a computer or didn't know how to download a picture or use a spreadsheet or a PowerPoint. And so just some of those skills that librarians teach that a regular classroom teacher doesn't really have mm-hmm. time to go through, they really sort of round out the student and help them prepare for a career or life. I mean, you, you need computer skills yeah, for life. for sure. And just fostering that, that love of reading, right? It, it's very basic level, building up reading skills. Um, now, we're going to talk to a couple of librarians in a moment about their experiences uh, with CPS, Nader. But before I let you go, what are you watching for from the district and elected officials? I'm interested to see if they prioritize hiring librarians going forward. The the district this year under new CEO Pedro Martinez talked to a lot of principals in their budgeting process, and they established priorities for every school. They want every school to have X, Y, and Z. And the priorities this year were arts education, and they were smaller class sizes and positions called interventionist for sort of one-on-one support for kids who might not be having the best time as they recover from uh, learning at home. And I just want to see if if going forward, one of those priorities is going to be librarians. Um, In the past, Mm -hmm. there's been foundational positions at schools where the district funds a position per school, regardless of what the, the school's budget is. And principals then don't have to make those tough choices of laying off a librarian. And so that'll be something to watch. Uh, that, that'll be how to know the district is actually prioritizing um, yeah. its librarian ranks. Interesting. That's Chicago Sun-Times education reporter Nader Issa. Thanks for the update, Nader. Thanks for having me. Now we're going to turn to the people who know firsthand how devastating it is for schools to lose their librarians. Joining us is Nora Wiltsey. She worked at one of the eight CPS schools that laid off their librarians last month. Also with us is Leslie Westerberg, who was recently laid off from Nixon Elementary. Leslie, with these latest layoffs, what's on your mind right now? Uh, (laughs) I don't know where to get started, but, um, well, you know, hearing Nader talk first off, um, I feel like there's a lot of mixed messaging going on from the district, um, given that we How have so? this. Well, we have this pilot program to potentially bring in 20 more librarians, but the district still laid off eight experienced librarians that we have. So, you know, they can say that there's a shortage, but you know, part of it created by CPS because they kept cutting librarian positions, which detracted potential students from going into the fields. Um, Also, like I've heard from teachers who were a little bit iffy on even entering the pilot program because they didn't really trust CPS in terms of having a long-term position and having a budget um, and also entering um, a library that's been closed for five to 10 years or even more. Mm -hmm. Um, So as someone who lost their position, it would be really hard for me to start over, especially in a library that's been shuttered for 10 years. Um, I've spent the last yeah. nine years building a really great library with a lot of grants. And for me to just start completely over would be a really big challenge. How did you find out that you were being laid off? 
Um, <laughs> it was done in passing in a way. I was dropping off lost really? book money at the office. Yeah. Um, I was dropping off some lost book money at the office and my principal saw me and asked for five minutes of my time. And I went in there and she told me basically that she was closing the position. Yeah. Just like that. Wow. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. Nora, uh, let's bring you in here. Did you see this most recent round of layoffs coming at all? Or were you surprised? Uh, my particular situation, I'm at a well-funded, well-resourced school. And so I didn't see it. Um, I school community has been in worse shape financially before. And yet the library was always a priority to our parents and our community. They really valued my work. Um, but we had a new administration at Coonley, and within CPS, we have principal autonomy for funding. And so that means longstanding programs like mine can be cut pretty instantly. So, and I should mm-hmm. say, you know, I, I was cut with two days left of school. Leslie was cut with one day left of school. So mm-hmm. um, these cuts come very late in the year um, to kind of minimize. Uh, any any sort of rallying that the community might have. Yeah. yeah. Well, tell me more about what the CPS landscape overall has looked like for, for librarians in recent years, Nora. Uh, well, as Nader mentioned, the funding formula changed in 2012 to a student-based budgeting. It's been just a steep decline. Um, but now we're at a, a different level. You know, those cuts always within Chicago start with those West and South, um, South side schools with majority black and brown students. Unfortunately, there, um, these policies have a racist impact, um, that can be avoided, but has not been avoided. Um, but at this point within CPS, we can be at well-funded schools. We can have support of the community. We can have award-winning programs. And none of it really matters at this point without a mayoral priority um, to have that bare minimum for our students. And I say mayoral priority because Chicago Public Schools is under mayoral control. So the mayor mm-hmm. really is the boss and the decision maker between, you know, for these, for these cuts. And Nora, you've spoken out about these issues in the past, right? What's that been like? What's the reception been? Well, we've been working since 2012 to um, broadcast this. A lot of times, especially with high school students, the parents aren't aware that the librarian has been cut. Um, There might be someone in the library, but they don't realize that that's no longer a teacher, an instructor of students. It's just... um, a circulation with a collection that is not being created. So we've just been trying to build awareness in the community for this. No um, parents in Chicago, like parents everywhere, want better for their students. They want these programs that teach critical thinking, um, that help students research, that teach technology. And um, I was able to do that um, because I was at a well-resourced school and librarians that were being cut from South and West sides did not feel comfortable speaking out. And so um, I, so I was able to be very vocal and now (laughs) that, Mm -hmm. and Leslie as well, Leslie's been very vocal as well. And now it's it's come to us as well. And Leslie, you you talked about the, the nine years you spent, you know, building that library program at Nixon elementary 
talk to us more about librarians and their contribution outside of the library for those who may still not get it? Um, well, I mean, beyond the library. So I did um, acquire about $200,000 in you know, grant writing to completely turn our library around. So we've got a very modern space with technology. We've got Chromebook carts. We've got iPads. I've got 3D printers. We have a maker space, which is kind of like a STEM lab. And then beyond that, I think librarians are just entrenched in the school community. So I'm also like the party planner at my school. I usually am the person collecting donations when we have someone mm -hmm. who has a relative who passed away. Um, every staff event, I usually plan that out. Um, and it was a bit ironic this year is the last days of school were coming up and I didn't know that I was going to be laid off. And everyone asked me like, what's the last day of the school event going to be? And, you know, everyone just knows that's me. <laughs> you know, they go to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like we do a lot of social emotional learning, too. So. This year, I developed a brand new school store as a way to help with behavior because behaviors were a bit challenging at the beginning of the year as students came back from a year and a half or so of lockdown. And um, it definitely helped to turn around our school community so that students were um, engaged and active and mm -hmm. you know, ready to participate. Nora, you told Nader, who we just spoke with, that you felt that parents and teachers often have this outdated picture of what librarians do. How so? Yeah. And do you think that it makes it harder for you to, to get them to understand yeah. your value? Yeah, it's a, it's a real challenge because there are a lot of teachers now at this point who have worked without librarians in their school. And I think we all sort of reference those stereotypes from movies where, you know, someone is shushing you and mad about a late book. And that is just not what is happening in the dynamic libraries that we have currently in CPS. Um, we teach technology skills. We are not teaching research with dusty books or scrolls. We are teaching research with um, the latest technology, but with with that technology, we need to be teaching those critical thinking skills, and we need to be teaching how to find sources. Um, all of these things are incredibly important right now. And then also, <laughs> that circulation part is really important, but if we, if we think of a library as kind of a static place, that's that's not at all either. We we librarians are making these collections to our students. They're they're diverse, they're culturally relevant, and and that is incredibly important too. We're working with teachers to update the curriculum um, so that it's diverse and relevant. So mm -hmm. books are yeah. still a part of life in school. That's true, but beyond that, as well, there's STEM. There's makerspaces, there's robotics, there's all these other elements that I don't think sometimes the public realizes. Yeah. Leslie, with where things are today, have you lost faith in CPS? Um, you know, it's hard to say. Um, right now I'm pursuing a second master's degree in social work, and I have every intention of becoming a CPS school social worker. Um, so I don't want to say I've lost the faith in the system and that I won't be a part of it. I still have every intention of being a part of it. But for me personally, as someone who worked really hard, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I'm a humble person, but I built a library and for me to lose my job despite doing that and despite helping mm -hmm. to build up a school community, um, 
it gave me it did give me a little bit of a loss in faith um, just in terms of my employer because um, I don't think they fully value me or recognize what I do. How do you want to see CPS respond to this decline of librarians within the district? Well, first off, I think it would be critical to restore the eight positions that were lost. Um, like, honestly, putting a librarian in every school is a drop in the bucket in terms of CFS's total budget. Um, they've also, I mean, they're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars of COVID, COVID relief funding that they're more or less saving for like a rainy day. But I mean, it already is pouring out there. We definitely need those librarian positions to at least stay intact and then build mm -hmm. from there. Um, so I hope at least with this story and with us speaking out that we can potentially get those positions restored um, and then we could at least start the rebuilding process because it's going to take a yeah. while to be honest we have so many shuttered libraries that have been closed for so long so this right. is not a change that can happen overnight but if it's not a change to get started it will never happen before i let you both go nora weigh in here what do you want to see from cps and elected officials well, equity is a part of CPS's mission, and so I would really like um, our Board of Ed and our mayor to look at this issue and see um, how it is exacerbating racism within the system. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're under mayoral control for better. So for better, I think this is, this is, a, this is a problem solution. And each year, more and more students, going to a CPS school without a librarian, it's it's important for every single one of those students um, to have yeah. this change, and it's possible. That's it for today's Reset Podcast. Check back in with us daily for more conversations about the top local stories that you need to know about. And don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. We'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.